Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Are you dealing with a narcissist or an ex with narcissistic behavior and have to navigate the world of co-parenting as well? Well, then this episode is for you. Today, we've got back the ever popular Mia from Grey Rock Consulting, who is going to help us navigate and discuss all the topics and issues related that we can cover in 40 minutes related to parenting, co-parenting, kids and narcissistic behaviours. Welcome, Mia. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be back. Hello, Mia. So uh, I've got to get you back. People were asking questions, so we're going to be asking some of those questions to you today. And, of course, Mum, welcome. You are always welcome. (laughs) Bringing your your wisdom and legal hat into the ring, that is what we always need in the world of divorce. So let's get started. First of all, we're going to talk about navigating co-parenting and if anyone's out there listening, they may have faced some difficulties with a narcissistic ex or behaviours of such where they're trying to get some plans in place, whether it is trying to come up with a parenting plan or whether it's just trying to figure out when you're going to pick up little Johnny from school because it's raining and they don't have soccer. What kind of things do your clients come across, Mia, and and how can people deal with that? Which sounds like a really simple request to be like, hey, it's raining, soccer's cancelled, can we do the pickup here? But when it comes to someone with a narcissistic personality or the behaviours of such, it turns into this huge giant drama and how do you help your clients deal with that yeah that's a really common one I think probably the starting point is that you really can't co-parent with these people there's no co in it and I know that you know in the courts and things like that they use all those that terminology um but in the the famous words of Dr Ramani who's incredible in this space you know it it is single parenting with an elephant on your back that is what it is like, it's just the best thing I've heard, Uh, sad, but true. And I thought, gosh, that's just so spot on. So, you know, the reality is you are dealing with someone that is not thinking about the best interests of the children. They are thinking about winning and they are thinking about controlling. How can I win? So in that situation where little Johnny's soccer's cancelled because it's raining, it's an opportunity for something, you know, whatever it might be. When, when it shouldn't be. It should just be like, yep, no problems, I'll grab Johnny and I'll bring him to you or, or whatever it might be. It's just not how it works. Um, I, In my experience, if you have a parenting plan or court orders which are so clear, so clear on where and how and when and why, it makes it that much easier. Where there's grey is where they really shine. So, you know, if your court orders or your parenting plan is you will have little Johnny until school finishes and then I'll pick the, you know, the more um, clarity you have, the better. Don't leave this wishy-washy because they really do take advantage of those situations. Mm. That, that's so true. And I think a lot of our members, they freak out before it's even happened because they're like, uh-oh, uh, something's going to happen because there's wriggle room here. There's, yes. there's something left up to interpretation. And I guess that's why, mum, when you're helping write orders and guiding people through that, uh, you say what exactly? Oh, I always say what if. 
what if this, what if that, and try to cover all of those angles. I mean, you do, I think, occasionally get the co-parent who says, no, your your interpretation of that is wrong and this is the real day. And you can't go off to court over a day or a couple of hours. So, yes, mm. I think sometimes I think our, um, our judiciary has a, a more of a uh, fantasy idea about co-parenting sometimes. Um, in the early days, the court would say, if you've had to come to court about children, you can't co-parent. And Judge Bell used to just refuse any application for equal shared parental responsibility on that basis. And I miss that. Um, then there are other judges who go, just because you disagree doesn't mean you can't co-parent. But sadly, so often, the disagreement over the child makes the child like that kind of old-fashioned wishbone in the middle. And it, yeah, mm. but still, that's where we're at, and and, and uh, it does require you. I think it requires the person who's not that way inclined to have enormous fortitude carrying that elephant. And I think, Mia, if you want to talk about maybe that point you made, whereas you need to realise they're coming from a place of not the best interest in the children. It's more about how can I have a win? So what can people do in those instances? Is there any way you can stop that? Or is it just something you have to get used to? (laughs) So it's one of those situations, and I'll repeat it until I'm blue in the face, you will never change them. Don't ever approach this from a position of I can change them. Maybe they can change, but that's a matter for them and it's not a matter for you. So accept who you are dealing with and the more you try and reason and get them to see your way, the more you're going to spiral down that horrible path of the back and the forth and this and that. So we always come back to, you know, for that example, and I bet the people listening to this don't hear that example of, well, little Johnny's soccer's been cancelled because it's raining, and go, what a silly example. They hear that and they go, yes, that is me. Um, I hear all of you out there. It's really, really Mm -hmm. tricky. And like Lynn said, you know, no judge is going to come to your rescue within the hour to interpret your court order. So you've kind of left to your own devices here. So we always come back to they might not be thinking about the best interests of the children, but I tell you who is, you. And, again, it is parenting with the elephant on your back because you feel like I'm always doing the right thing. I'm always making concessions. I'm always get out of that frame of mind and go into what is best for little Johnny. Now, if Dad can get little Johnny and instead of going to soccer, they, I don't know, they're going to have a milkshake together and then he drops them off, fine. And if he never does that for you, fine but it's about what's right for little johnny here does he need to see two parents at the school gate having a tug of war over where he Mm. goes no he absolutely does not he really does Mm. not so first and foremost every time but it's hard and i guess when you were saying oh i always have to do the right thing i'm always doing all this work i guess you could rephrase it and reframe it in your head and go I'm always being the good parent, aren't I great? <laughs> I guess that's something you could remind yes. yourself. Yes, huh? Yeah. A lot of people say that to me, and it's often if they've come out of a domestic violence situation where probably throughout the relationship they gave in, gave in, gave in. As they've come out of that relationship and begun to heal and feel their own space, then they really can't abide the thought of giving in one more inch to the person who used to bully and control them. And everyone needs to, like, focus back on the child because they're only little ones. And uh, you can end up, if if you're not careful, having five or six years of a child's life 
used up in the court. And and you think maybe they were five when you started and they're 11 when they finished. That's their childhood pretty well cooked. So there is a lot of giving in and a lot of sacrifice you have to make, I think, to be the right, you know, to help the child get through this without feeling like a burden. And, I mean, even the exaggerated size and the, oh, well, they, they pick up on that. You know, you're going to have mm. to learn. To, we have to learn to do it with good grace, mm. I think. So, Mayor, have you got any tips for anyone listening today? Like, and you had some great tips for anyone listening who just has a narcissistic ex in general, but any tips for those people listening today who are literally pulling their hair out? Maybe they don't have orders yet. Maybe they do. Um, but how to, to navigate that space of obviously not co-parenting but car- carrying an elephant on their back? Yeah, and I think the starting point that's really important to acknowledge is, you know, these little kids or child you know, it's like your heart outside of your body. They are so important to you and they are your world and you can see what's happening and you can see what's going on and it it, it hurts your soul, you know. I'm not being dramatic. It really does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all well and good for someone to say, put them first when you're like, this is really hurting me, like it really, really hurts. I, I, I get it and I see it. And I see all of you and I, and it's really, really tricky, but a really big important starting point is accepting what you can and can't control. Mm. You know, you, there, there are certain things that are completely out of your control. You know, when they introduce a new partner, unless you've got court orders that have rules around it, when they introduce new partners, you know, whether they feed them junk food every night, all those sorts of things where you're like, buddy's feeding him McDonald's every night. Is it, good, is it good for the child? No. Can you control it? No. And if mm. you rush off to court and say, Your Honour, they're feeding little Johnny McDonald's every night, they don't, they don't care. It's not really, it's not up there. So when mm. you start to accept what you can and can't control, it eases the burden a bit. It frees you up a bit to go, that is out of my control. I don't like it but it's out of my control. Very different if we're talking about safety issues and things like that. Okay. That's a very different story. So there's a lot of things that you've got to learn to let go of and that sort of takes, you know, the burden off a bit. Another really big one is do not speak ill of that parent to your child. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. It's so tempting, you know, when little Johnny comes home and said, Dad did this or Mum did this, and you're like, yeah, that's because your mum's, uh, don't. <laughs> Do not, do not, do not say it to yourself, call a family member, call friends, I don't care. Just do not do that to your child because your child did not choose this situation and your child is going to grow up and I promise you one day your child will be grateful that you never spoke ill of that parent to them and they can come to their own conclusion, whatever it might be, but just don't do it. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't involve them in adult issues either. You know, like do you have the sport uniform is this with you? Don't like just don't burden them with this stuff. This is for you and them to figure out. And I know people are probably listening, going, but I don't want to have to deal with him or his stuff. <laughs> it's much easier if I ask little George mm-hmm. where his sport uniform is. Just don't do it. Do not do it. Um, some other really big ones in all of this is you know to lead by example to your children as well. So your own process, your healing you implementing boundaries, you standing up for yourself, you being clear on what behaviours you will and won't accept, they see all of it. So they might not talk to you about it, they might not have the words for it, but they see it and they absorb it. And you're almost giving them the tools that they 
likely need themselves in navigating this. So don't underestimate the power of you demonstrating to your children grace and standing up for yourself and not being taken advantage of. All these things play a really big part. Um, In terms of the communications and getting these things sorted out, you know, I've said it earlier about being as clear as you possibly can, whether it's in your parenting plan or your orders, so you don't have to communicate on this on these things as much as possible. Really so, important. and that when we did that episode with you on the grey rock method, and it's all about being boring, turning into a rock, and playing dead, basically. So they go off and unfortunately do it to somebody else, but. It is really hard, I guess, for people, and we've had so many people write in going, oh, I've got to communicate and do all this stuff with them and I've got to, I can't grey rock, I can't grey rock with them. Like, And so we talked about, you know, grey rocking in general for family law, if you do go to court, can look bad and can be make you be painted as a bad uh, co-parent. So w- what do you suggest to those people who can't do the full grey rock? Yeah, um, still need to be doing the negotiating to to sort out life if they haven't yet got those really detailed orders, and they yeah. have to talk. So there's some really interesting um, tools in this space where, for example, um, say you raise with them uh, an event of some sort or something that you need. Um, whether it be a school uniform or for them to drop them somewhere or whatever it might be, but something pretty, you know, nebulous. There's nothing too big in it. And they come back and say, well, why would I drop the sport uniform? Because last week you got in here late and the other week you did this. And the reason we have to deal with all this stuff is because you made this choice and you're, and you're like, oh, just, just ask for the sport <laughs> uniform, you know. Yeah. Now what yeah. you'll find is a lot of people go, but but I didn't I didn't do that last week and we were only late because you know that there was traffic and, da, 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 and they end up down this path. Mm. What you can do is turn it all back around and say, Sorry, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding. Are you saying that you won't drop his sport uniform off so he doesn't have his uniform for sports day? Right. Turn no, it back because mm. that puts them in that spot of having to write, well, well, yes, and they won't. They won't. Mm. What they do want you to do is, you know, all that sort of stuff and instead just go, I just want to be clear, are you saying he won't have a uniform for the day? Yeah. Yeah, Mum, what do you think about that? I think you're spot on. I mean, the children have no power. If you give them the responsibility for the uniform, the poor things don't have any power. They're going to disappoint you because you've asked them to get the uniform and they're going to um, be nervous to raise it with the other person because you are even nervous. But the difference between you both is you can do what you've just suggested in correspondence, write that, nail them down, um, and you've got them then, uh, and they know that you have the power to take it to court. So I think the definition of stress is all that responsibility and no power. So I really, mm. um, I, I get it. I think that um, kids too, when they're telling you something about the other household, um, even even if you don't go, oh, well, mum's this or dad's that, some people inadvertently get their radar goes up, oh, did you now? Oh, did you? And you act really interested and the kids go, oh, good. The way to get mum's attention is to tell us something terrible that happened at the other house or, you know, exaggerate it. And since mum and dad don't talk, I'll get away with it. So mm, a couple mm. of things just to be wary of. And, and it mm. makes the child focus on the negative in each house as well, which 
low, I think, impacts on their happiness. So that's that. That's two things there, really. It's it's they throw you a big diatribe of accusations and they want to turn a simple request into a fight. It's all about sifting through and drilling down really all the fluff and that going, oh, okay, what are they actually saying? And then, right, putting it back on them and going, so what you're really saying is you won't or are you really saying no? Yeah. Um, and you're right, they're not going to ever say they're not going to say no. Um, and I think that's a, that's a really good strategy. And I think, mum, you've suggested to some of our members before, if it really upsets you because sometimes hearing some of those accusations and, and you know, threats and things can really upset you. Mum has suggested putting it through, um, and I, I'm sorry, I hope I don't offend any Donald Trump supporters, but the Donald Trump uh, voice, and it, there's a website you can put it in, and it literally um, says it in his voice. And it kind oh, that's of hilarious. In, in it's great. Comical, you know that he sometimes says things that aren't always true. So it kind of reminds people and our members, oh, it doesn't sound so it sounds a bit silly now I have and it guys doesn't that use that yeah it's great <laughs> yeah but if you can remind yourself to put it in a comical comic way of like really you're going to go down this which i understand like we've said before Mia, it is really hard because it is your your children are your you you know your mm-hmm. children are you it hurts you and i think maybe one thing i don't know if any of, of either of you have noticed this but some people find it really hard to understand that they don't think like you. You would assume that the other parent would love the children just as much. And a lot of members have said, I don't understand because they must love the children the way I do. Why would they deliberately make them go without the sports uniform or without missing soccer? How do how do you get people to work through that to understand they don't think the same way? Yeah, that's a really tricky one because that comes back to that acceptance piece. And, you know, it's really hard to accept that someone you loved, someone that you had children with, can can act in this way and can think this way. And I think that's why so many people think, well, if I just explain or if I just say, no, come on, you know me better than that. Now, there's only so many times where you can touch the stove and burn your hand and realise every time I touch the stove, my hand gets burnt. It's like your hand will continually get burnt. Don't expect anything different. You know, that, that that's hard to accept and it almost involves a bit of grieving, to be honest. It's, mm. it's really, really, really tricky but so important in order to master this so that they can't get at you. You know, you mm. accept that when you go to them for something, you accept that you might not get it and you might get it. You've got no attachment to the outcome because I tell you, as soon as you want something, it's like a sixth sense, they know it and they will go hell for leather the other way. So, Mum, when uh, you've been in court, and if any of our listeners aren't in court yet, but potentially all this communication will make its way to court, and let's look at that example of the the sports uniform that Mm. Mia made. We could have one example where they said, oh, do you mind dropping off a sports uniform? And then their ex has just gone on this big accusation thing. And then all they've written back is, are you saying you're not going to give back the sports uniform? That's one that gets shown to the court. Or the alternative, if they don't use that strategy and they defend themselves and and try and explain and and then it becomes this big long fight, what different different impacts do those two types have in the family court for any of our listeners? Yeah. You've made it this far. You've separated or made the decision, and that's a big deal, and that takes courage, and we totally respect that. 
The problem now is you don't know what the next step is to do. You might have some idea, but you're worried it might be costly or you might make a mistake. We don't all have a lawyer on speed dial to ask those little questions swirling through our minds or to fully explain the process in plain speak. If this is you, you've come to the right place. This course was created because I wish I'd known what I do now. Lynn knows the law and we both know what it is like getting divorced. It was during my divorce that she realised how much more support and information is needed for people going through this process. Knowledge is power. We're all capable of learning and doing things to help us to get to a better life. Mum and I want to give this knowledge and know-how to you and save you money while we're at it. Empower, educate and equip yourself with the legal know-how and the tools you need to get your divorce, property settlement and children's matters finally settled. Work through the course at your own pace without feeling confused, lost, scared or overwhelmed with family law legal jargon and processes. If you're ready, join us at www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and click on find out more about the DIY Divorce Blueprint. Said, oh, do you mind dropping off a sports uniform? And then their ex has just gone on this big accusation thing. And then all they've written back is, are you saying you're not going to give back the sports uniform? That's one that gets shown to the court. Or the alternative, if they don't use that strategy and they defend themselves and and try and explain and and then it becomes this big long fight. What different different impacts do those two types have in the family court for any of our listeners? Yes, to motivate them, maybe. Well, the big discussion that where each of you is is sort of just one's accusing, one's justifying. It gets, I, I think, um, TLDR too long, didn't read. Um, oh, okay. The judges <laughs> try to read all of that stuff, but I can almost see their eyes glaze over as they see two parents fighting. Um, so you are best to do that nice, short answer. And a way to take some of the sting out of them having control over you, like you're not sure until you hear from them, is it this or is it that, you know, oh, I hate being in control of this person, will have two plans. One, if they say no, one, if they say yes, and then it's not going to be that big a problem for if he says this or she says that, I'll just do that. And if they say this, I'll do that, you know. Yes. So in sports uniform, he's, he's going to say no or he's going to say he's out of town. That's okay. I'm going to ask my friend down the road. Her kid goes to the same school. I'll borrow one. So, you know, you need to keep your – with your discussions, um, those short responses and short requests do take a lot of the fun out of it, I think, for the other party. Um, but mm. also – um, I think if you keep your discussions uh, right on topic, um, they will be much more helpful and the court will yeah. see this sort of word salad for what it is. And then you you summarise. We were talking about this the other day. If you're going to say to the court, oh, every change requires like dozens and dozens of messages, do a chart, do a, do a little table and say how many messages you got in this week and how many in that week. And I did a domestic violence case once where the fellow was allowed to send messages as long as he mentioned the children. Uh, but when we counted them, it was 1,500 messages in two months, and that well, in itself was abuse. So you're saying trying to keep it, keep a catalogue of it in case you go to court. And imagine, yeah, that the judge is going to read it. Yes. And, and, and I, I've heard of this reactive behaviour that people get um, and then they get caught out. Mia, is that something that you've seen where where they've just been attacked, 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 and they just blow up one day and go, oh, my God, I'm so sick of your crap, blah, 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 and they write this big thing and then they show that to someone? Is that for something that you see? Yeah, and it, it's and I completely sympathise. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying before where you're like, I've been controlled and now I'm out and he's still controlling me. Mm-hmm. And they just have that, oh, my gosh, I understand. Um, but my word, are you fueling the fire? You know, are you feeding that beast? Because they love it. It doesn't matter if you're calling them the most horrible things under the sun. It's attention and they love it. The problem is your audience is not them. Your audience is the family court judge. They're going to read it and they're going to potentially go, well, they're as bad as each other. Or, you know, it was a sport uniform and now they've descended into who parked the car in the left car park six years ago. Uh, You know, but if you keep to that, sorry, and, you know, it is, I know this people find this hard to swallow, but it is massaging the ego where you can say, sorry, could you help me understand? Because they love that. (laughs) Because they're obviously smarter than all of us. Of course. Um, So could you? Could you help me understand? Are you saying you're going to let Johnny go to school without his school uniform for sport for his sports day? You know, just help me understand. Thank you for sharing your views. You know, the six pages of them. Help yes. me understand. You know, they struggle with this because you're not giving them what they're really wanting from you, and you're the one that's staying on point. You're the one that's staying focused on the issue at hand, which is the uniform, which is about the child, and any. I think any half intelligent third party reading that will see that Mm. but be consistent try not to have those explosions try really do you know what explode draft it to yourself don't send it do not send it or write it down and burn it or something like that don't have a record of it but do what you need to do just do not send it to them yes i I think if you're in court though you're you're desperate to deny it because if you don't respond at all but you can deny it in saying like I liked that you thank you for sharing your views or you can say I don't agree with what you've said above but that's not the point can we talk about little Johnny's uniform sort of just so that that makes them feel better and and in the in the um, world where perhaps you're going to be cross-examined on things um if they put to you something that your ex has said about you, you can say, oh, yes, but see, I didn't I didn't agree with it. Oh, but you didn't mm. answer. Well, it wasn't about that. It was about the uniform. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. And, Mum, have you, like, because I, I have noticed there's this huge, you know, ga- the, the hashtag gaslight is apparently mm. the most searched hashtag of 2022. Um, the word narcissist, you know, narcissistic abuse, it is huge at the moment and I, I don't know whether it's there's an influx of them or whether we're just all discovering this behaviour, but what does the family court, do the family court have a view on narcissists? Mm. Like is it, is it a bad idea to be like um, there's something wrong with my ex or, you know, what, what guidelines can you give people? Because I am worried that some people get super caught up in it Yes, and I have seen that on yes. other social medias yes. and I'm worried for those people in their court cases. So what do you say to those people? I would say to those people, you're not a psychologist, uh, unless they are. (laughs) Um, And so don't use that label. Uh, Describe the conduct. And when they describe the conduct, I can tell you from 35 years of this, they are describing conduct that is as old as the family court. Uh, It's just we didn't have a, a word for it. But I do remember a judge saying to me years ago, he says, or at a seminar to everybody, he said, we all know you only end up in court if one of the parties is unreasonable, sometimes both, but there has to be at least one unreasonable party because everyone else stays out of court. 
And that unreasonable party might have been because of a personality disorder. Um, if you get them as uh, analyzed, psychoanalyzed, um, I have read a few cases where the uh, person was diagnosed as narcissist and the, um, the view was a narcissist can't properly parent, put another chi- child ahead of their own interests. But my word, so often they, what they get is a clean bill of health from the psychiatrist and then you're stuck. So I would describe the behaviours and the only thing the judge is interested in is the behaviour as it impacts on the child, only as it impacts on the child. So, you know, when they say things to you and they know that you, perhaps you pride yourself on your cleanliness and they tell you the house was always a mess or something, you know what I mean? Uh, Don't bother putting that in, but just as it impacts the child. Yeah, and I think you touch on a really important point there that I always focus on around documenting as well because we can't remember you know, every little thing that's happened and when and the time and all those sorts of things. So properly documenting, it's a task and it takes time and it can be difficult because you're sort of writing down everything that's just happened. But objective documenting of things that have happened or even, you know, the children come back and you notice that you have an explosion of emotions every time they come back. You know, those sorts of things. So if the day comes where you do need to describe the behaviours, because I agree, do not get in the court and say he's a narcissist, you want to have that documentation there so that if you do need to prepare an affidavit or whatever it might be, you can actually say, okay, he lies, here are the examples. He, um, you know, he did this which impacted the children, here are the examples, and you've got all that documentation there instead of Mm. sitting there and going, okay, the last five years, when did that happen again? I can't remember. You know, it it is quite the task, but, gosh, it puts you in good stead if you ever need it. Okay. Well, if everyone's listening today, start your documentation. Um, We've always recommended like a little diary, even if you just get like a cheap $2 shop diary and you just take a little jot down some notes on the day, because let's face it, if you do have kids, you're busy as. But even in those spaces uh, where they're accusing you of all of these things in the email or in the thread uh, and you are desperate to defend yourself, you can go and write that in the diary. He accused me of this, but my response is this. But you're not giving it to him or her. And then if ever it does come up in an affidavit, you can go, what was that about again? Oh, yeah, here's my response. Exactly. Because it is it is something we do recommend. And Mia, I do believe you had you were on her podcast as well, Laurie and her um uh, our children platform where pa- parents, uh, co-parents, as we've talked with Laurie as well, can put their um, discussions on the on the page. It's all there, black and white. You can't delete anything. It gives you a warning if it's aggressive or wrong. And that is a great platform to use if you do have an ex with narcissistic behaviours because they can't then say you didn't tell me or... Um, I didn't say that. However, you can end up getting yourself into that battle of responding and arguing, as some of our members have said. So don't use that platform for that either. Maybe keep a diary for that as well. But at least you can say, I'll refer to this thread or this date or just to remind yourself. But but getting, getting across all of that, and it is a lot, and we probably should do a whole episode again on um, just the court side of things, family reports and all that sort of stuff, because I think that is a whole another topic. But with the kids, if they've got a narcissistic behaviour parent 
you're not co-parenting properly, you're carrying that elephant on your back. Um, we, we had a, a parent, uh, a co-parent write to us and say, I listened to your episode. What do we do though when, when the, when the dad or the mum is competing with us and they're, they're trying to be the better parent or they're undermining, they're finding out, um, I was going to get them a Nintendo Switch and, and then they went and bought one before I could or just that kind of nasty competitive stuff. What do you say about that? Yeah. Yeah. My first reaction to that is again, we are putting them first. What are mm. they going to do? What are they saying? What are they thinking? And, you know, you lose your power every single time when your focus is not you first, you and your parenting and your children. So mm. let them be, let them be whoever they want to be. I, I really believe that children have a, an innate sense for people. You know, uh, I have read that children read hearts before they read minds. Mm. And I just think it's so spot on. So, you know, the child may not have the words, you know, my mum's narcissistic. No, but they sense these things. And at the end of the day, you can buy them whatever you want. You can buy them a palace if you like. But when they need you emotionally because they're sad or they've had an argument with their friends or something's happened, now, that parent just cannot be there for them in the way that they need because they don't have those tools. We all know they don't have the capability. Mm-hmm. So the child, what it needs the most, it won't get. So it will grow up and, and they will remember, I shouldn't say it, they will remember mm-hmm. how they felt. That's what will mm-hmm. happen. You know, this is not a in five months' time my six-year-old will see who they are. It's not like that at all. So it's being very clear in who you are as a parent and the safe space that you provide for them because they'll remember Mm. when they get older. Mm. They really will. And and that's a good opportunity. Um, The child is happy either way. They get a Nintendo Switch. Um, You need your plan A and your plan B. Okay, that's really good for my child. He's got the Nintendo Switch. If he's not allowed to bring it back to my place, I'll buy one for him to play with here. Um, If Mm. he's allowed to bring it back, then I will get him some, I don't know, whatever, some games or, or Robux, whatever, so, um, mm. so that you don't, you just alter. You kind of just alter your course. Um, yes. At all times, uh, one of the my um, colleagues used to call keeping the children in a, a bubble where they're not really aware of those tensions because a child getting a Nintendo Switch is a joyous occasion for a child. Yes. So don't like, you know, don't be mm. down on that um, and just be ready with your smile to to take whatever steps are necessary to support that child. So, so they've got a Nintendo Switch in both houses or you can buy them something else and they get two good presents. What about uh, how do you help them, do you think, um, and we've had some questions about this, when the children are starting to experience the behaviours, mm. so that's gaslighting, you've never ever, we've, we've never gone anywhere, we've never done anything when they have or, you know, you're not good enough for this or, you know, like the, the kind of behaviours where it's kind of shifting their reality a little bit. How can the other parent help those children navigate the narcissistic behaviours now being exposed to them? Yeah, I, I, I sort of touched on this before, which is the things that you are learning are the tools that they will also need age-appropriate, you know, so you yeah. can have a child come home and, you know, Dad said that 
you said this or you said that or you're the worst or whatever. And instead mm-hmm. of turning around and saying, I never said that, I can't believe he said that, instead of doing that, you can turn around and say, huh, okay. It sounds like Dada might have been a bit angry when he said those things. Um, you know, sometimes when we feel anger, we say things in a way that we don't mean. And, you know, maybe once you, you know, take a few deep breaths, what's some ideas that you might have when you're angry instead of saying hurtful things? How can we turn it around? So it's it's almost a lesson it. for them and it's not about your mum's this, your dad's that, I didn't do that. It's like, oh, okay, sounds like much sounds like something's made him angry. I know when I'm angry I can say some things and then I apologise for them. You know, what's some things that you can do when you're angry? Um, mm-hmm. Another one is if they are, if there's gaslighting and things like that, you know, you can teach them about knowing what you've experienced and, you know, listening to your inner voice. And someone mm-hmm. else might have a different view. You don't have to say your dad or your mum. Someone else might have a different view but, you know, know yourself and know that if you've heard something or seen something, that's okay. The other person might just have a different perception. You know, it's gosh, it's tricky because it's got to be age appropriate and in a way that they can take on board. But take take the personalising out of it and teach them yeah. the lesson, give them the tools. Well, That's I good. love that because um, they the studies that they've done through the Australian Institute of Family Studies show that children who are exposed to reactive like behaviour like that, so on one side a cranky person and then on the other side getting cranky back and poor kid in the middle, um, they grow up to have relationships where they don't um, believe the evidence of their own eyes and ears and, and they adapt and end up in a similar relationship. So that modelling is so important. It's mm. intergenerational. Yes. Is it a good idea maybe for those people to take their children to see a psychologist or get them some support? And is that a good idea, Mum, in the in the legal space? Be careful about it in the legal space, yes, because um, the courts are fond of saying it's not the children who've got the problem, it's the parents who've got the problem. It's not the children, it's the parents. And if you find a psychologist for the children without consulting the other parent, they, they are possibly going to undermine or devalue the, that, um, con, that uh, experience for them and, and the therapeutic value will be devalued. If you think they need some support, get some agreements in place first. Um, probably um, choose, give the panel of psychologists, get your ex to choose one. Um, make it therapeutic and non-reportable so that the children can be confident in saying what they want to say and getting some support back and and um, normalize getting support don't send your kids if you're not going to get some help you know if the trauma's been bad for them it's been bad for you yeah so can you just clarify for the listeners mum what does non-reportable mean oh um non so if you go and get counseling and it's reportable then their files may be subpoenaed by the independent children's lawyer or the other person and everyone gets to read what a person has said to their psychologist um, or psychiatrist, really. Um, And once a child is aware of that, um, they'll clam up, okay? So, uh, and and it's not right for the child to have to, um, if they aren't aware that it's 
going to be given to the other parent, um, then it can be a really nasty shock when their other parent, who, remember, is not child-focused, challenges Mm -hmm. them about things they've said. So Mm -hmm. set it up properly and be careful that they're not seeing too many uh, different professionals. A really good place to start really is with the guidance officer at school if they're at school. Um, because that's a lot more normal. Lots of kids go, so they can be singled out. Wow, what a minefield. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Mia, let's circle back to you and, and in your expertise and the people that you've dealt with, is there anything that you've seen that people get tripped up by, any mistakes that you see? And I know we've kind of talked about a couple, but what are those main things that people could take away today and just make sure that they don't do the same? Yeah, I you know, Anything to do with children is is ripe for tripping up. It, it, it yes. just it, there's there's not one area when it comes to your child that I could say, oh, this won't upset you because it is your child. So it's a ripe area. But I think to always try and remember that you know they are aware of that and they know that what's really going to get you is the children. They know that. Now, it's it's so many levels of not okay, but we can't fix that right now. And the reality is, you know, knowledge is power. And once you know that and once you know who you are dealing with and that they are thinking about baiting you and getting a reaction and winning, then you can, you can uh, I was going to say play it. It's not a game, but you can play it differently. And, and you, you have to play it differently. Because mm. continually getting on this roller coaster and explaining and justifying, it, it's not serving you and it's not working. So to get mm. off the ride, you do have to do things very differently. It's just hard with kids because you do anything for them. Yeah. And mum, any any things that you've seen in your time that people make mistakes with yep. that they should probably keep an eye out for? Yes, just keep an eye out, even though um, the other parent um, in this scenario we're talking about is all types of not helpful, not good for the child and, and not the sort of person you would want your child to be. Be careful not to run the person down in general because you need to remember, apart from that it's damaging to them for, you know, in terms of that you might end up in court over it or whatever, but that they are half you and half their other parent. And you remember, like, thinking in your lives, our listeners' lives, you know you've got sort of Auntie Mel's legs and you've got, you know, the same nose as Uncle Jimmy and you've got your father's eyes. So normally that's a source of comfort for people, that they are the the sum total of all of their ancestry and more particularly their mother and father. If they get the message from you that you are disdainful of their other parent or you don't like their other parent, then because they like you, uh, they may start to hate themselves or hate that part of themselves that they think is like their father or their mother. Yeah, I know. It's the saddest thing. So you have to kind of, um, you've got to bring a lot of love to this. You've got to bring a lot of love and try and feel more sorry for the other person that they haven't had any normal relationships or, you know, that that they're the product of their upbringing because we all are and they just lacked the tools to sort of bring them out of it. But you can make sure your child has enough self-love to go forward. Yes. Okay. 
Now, before we finish, and we're going to talk to Mia again about how people can work with you, uh, just to finish it a bit more lighthearted, even though these stories aren't lighthearted, uh, but maybe to make everybody else who's going through a difficult time, carrying that elephant on their back, trying to co-parent but realising they can't, dealing with narcissistic behaviours, what's the worst thing you've ever seen a parent do? And let's go with Mia first because you've told me one already and I think it's insane, but yeah. <laughs> Yes, I you know I'm conscious of potentially not giving away someone's story, but um, oh gosh, I've seen some wild ones, and I think one of the bigger ones is the purchase of an animal that was not a dog or a cat, um, and it required substantial time and investment, and it, it's just like surprise. You're like, what? Oh gosh, <laughs> just yeah, yes, yeah, and mum. You've seen something similar? Uh, I, yes, I've seen a, a puppy turn up on Christmas Day on the doorstep with no explanation um, to someone. I also remember someone in this gaslighting vein who was doing the poor me, your mother's left, um, She, I've got nothing. Um, even though my client left half of everything, he let the children think um, that he just had one bowl and the children ate their cereal sitting at the table. One used the bowl, then they rinsed it out. The second one used the bowl, third one. And the children who think that their other parent, the one that they're not with all the time or, you know, the other parent, if they think they're not okay, they will worry and they'll fret and they'll begin to look at you mm. as because you're trying to cope and not break apart, they're going to see you as, you know, the one who's the meanie. So that is a true story and, you know, just terrible. Well. So I guess it, as horrible as those stories are for those poor children and the co-parents, I guess if anyone's listening, you're not alone. And I yeah. know a lot of our members and a lot of our listeners say the reason they listen to our episodes is because they feel like they're the only person in the world going through this hell and you're not. There are people whose parents are telling them they only have one bowl and one spoon. There are people who are turning up with animals at the door on Christmas Day with no explanation. Mm -hmm. So you're not alone. This happens. People are going through it. And if you're really struggling, you, of course, can do our course. And, of course, if you're struggling with the communication side and dealing with the inner work that you need to do, Mia, how can people work with you? Yes. Um, so I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with clients, but I've also launched Take Your Power Back, which is exactly that, taking your power back and becoming a master of your communications with narcissistic or high-conflict personalities, and we're going to kick off in a couple of weeks. So I'd love for anyone who has listened to this and thinks, I need this to reach out either on Instagram, which is Grey Rock Consulting, or my website, which is the same, um, and let's see how we can take your power back. Wow. I love this, the name of that in general. That's what it's all about. And, and we're all about empowering and educating and equipping you. And, and me is all about getting your power back. And communication is really, when it's written down, hey, mum, it is the big kicker in the court as well yes. as in everyday life. So. Yep. To anyone who is going through any of this at, at home listening today, we have got your back. We've all got yep. your back. These two yes. amazing women, they know their stuff. <laughs> I'll just ask them lots of stupid questions. But if you've got any other questions you'd like to ask, shoot us an email. If you want to get in contact with Mia and you can't find a way to, you can shoot us an email as well. Um, or just click on the link and go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au. So thank you so much, Mia, for coming. And thank you, Mum, so much for your time as well. No Absolutely. worries. 
Agreed, Sasha. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only, and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.